The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Hey everybody, good morning. Good morning, welcome to Coastal, I'm Pastor Chris. Great to have you with us today. So how are you doing so far, getting fit? Uh, That's the series that we're in, talking about getting fit. Uh, It's a great series to kick off the new year. We've talked about getting fit physically, getting fit relationally. Are you doing good, drinking your water, exercising? Yeah, Yeah. woo, okay, okay. (laughs) Now, I'll say yesterday, yesterday, I keep my bike here, it's kind of a beach cruiser, but I kept my, keep my bike here, and yesterday I came over to the church, and I did 10 miles on the Greenway. I actually drove, rode my bike all the way to Johns Island uh, and back, uh, but when I got to Johns Island, I went to the Schwann's uh, warehouse, and I, and I binged, eat it, like ate a whole bunch of, no, I didn't do that, but, but I got all the way to Johns Island and came back, and I passed out, and some guy woke me up, and he uh, no, I didn't know that happened, but I did. I did do the Greenway, and uh, I've lost ten pounds since we got started in this uh, in this journey. So, so I'm doing good. I appreciate all the uh, appreciate all the encouragement and uh, the emails and just you know well wishes and prayers. I got a long way to go, but at least I'm I'm headed in the right direction. How about uh, last week? We talked about getting fit relationally. We talked about maybe some next steps you might take in uh, being more patient. I uh, hope you've been working on that this week. Forgiveness. And uh, we talked about having a positive attitude. In each one of these uh, messages, in each one of these areas to get fit, we're trying to give you some uh, areas where you could take some next steps. Because that really is what, what life is about, what change is all about. It's small next steps done consistently over time that make a huge difference, a huge impact. So today I want us to talk about the most important area uh, to get fit in. Uh, getting fit spiritually. Getting fit spiritually. Now why... Is this the most important area to get fit in? Well, because spiritual fitness, it affects every other area of your life. Uh, look at 1 Timothy 4.8. This is a great verse. It says, physical exercise has some value. Now, stop right there. So the Apostle Paul is saying, hey, yes, you know, get, get in shape, get healthy. All of that physical exercise has some value. But spiritual exercise is much more important. Now, you need to ask yourself that question. You know, like, you know, as much effort and energy and time and resources as you might be spending getting fit physically, the gym, working out, eating healthy, how about spiritually? He says this is more important because, for it promises a reward both in this life and when? The next, the next. Now, I think one of the keys of this getting fit and getting fit spiritually in particular is what are you willing to give to God? What are you willing to give to God? Because the Bible says that whatever you give to God, he's not only going to give back to you, but he is going to give you exponentially more than you ever gave him. Look at Luke 6.38. It says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it'll be measured to you. 
It's the principle of the harvest. You don't just reap what you sow. You always reap more than you sow. So I want us to talk about today uh, what you can give God to be spiritually fit. And if you would give these specific areas of your life to God, I promise you, you'll be well on your way to spiritual fitness. So number one, to get spiritually fit, I will give God the first part of my day. The first part of my day. By this, I'm talking about a regular time with God in prayer uh, and in his word. It's called a quiet time. A quiet time. Now, some of you already do this. Um, some of you are uh, you know, really, really consistent with your quiet time. Some of you are, are haphazard in doing it at best. Uh, some of you have no idea what I'm talking about and you've never, ever done this. So let's talk about it today. Uh, it's been said that the first hour of your day is the most important. It's like a rudder on a ship. Uh, even though it's small, it determines where you go. Now, the reason why is because your brain and your spirit is most alert right after sleep during that first hour of your day. Now, your body might not always feel very alert, but your mind is, your spirit is. Now, some of you are saying, Pastor Chris, how in the world can that be? Because I'm not a what? Morning person. Real quickly, let me do a survey. How many of you would say you are definitely not a morning person? Raise your hand. Okay, very good. Put your hand down. You struggled just to get here this morning, didn't you? You did. Now, what's funny is that how many of you who are morning, or morning people married a night person? How about that? that? That happens a lot, doesn't it? It really does. Uh, but some of you, again, you, you know, you're, you're not a morning person. You're like a vampire. I mean, you are. You, 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 know, you would like to reverse things just a little bit, right? You'd like to stay up really, really late to the wee hours of the morning, sleep in. And then for you, it's even like when the, when the light of day cracks into your room, you're like... You're like, you're, you're, you know, you get all shriveling. You're, you're like a vampire. Now, how many of you would say, um, I am a morning person? We have morning people here. I mean, you are a morning person. Great, great. Um, I, what's, what's happening is that, that it, that's starting to flip as our services make their way up. I noticed that. Everybody in the first service, a morning person, is kind of split here. What's going to happen in the next service? Nobody, nobody's a morning person in the next service. But um, even if your body doesn't feel that way, you know, um, your, your mind and your spirit are very, very suggestive in that very beginning of your day. So the question is, what are you letting into your mind, into your spirit in that very first beginning part of your day? You know, it's amazing um, what we do allow into our minds the first part of our day. I know some of you are thinking, you know, I, I just get up and you splash water on your face or, you, or whatever, you gotta get a cup of coffee. But you can't even go to the bathroom without your phone and check Facebook, right? Check your messages, check your email. Again, it's just amazing what we let into our mind in that very first part of our day. I wanna challenge you to let God into your mind. And to let God's word into your mind. All throughout the Bible, you find great people who were used by God that started their day with God. Uh, here's a couple of examples. Abraham, uh, Genesis 19, it says, the next wind, the next morning, Abraham was up early. And he hurried out to the place where he had stood uh, in the Lord's presence. Man, that's a really cool word picture. 
Because, you know, we, we hurry all the time in the morning, right? We're hurrying, we get up, we're hurrying to get everything together, hurrying for some kind of breakfast, or hurrying to get our kids ready, hurrying to get out the door. And here's Abraham, and the, there's this beautiful picture, this image of him getting up early, early and hurrying to be with God. He can't wait to go and meet with God and hear from God. King David, Psalm 143, it says, let me hear of your unfailing love to me in the morning, for I am trusting you to show me where I walk, uh, where to walk, for I have come to you in prayer. So how do we hear of God's unfailing love? We read God's word, we read the Bible, we let God speak to us. Go home today and read the 119th Psalm. It's all about God's word. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. I wanna challenge you today to do this, to begin your day with God. You know, why not this week make a commitment to set aside the very first 10, 15 minutes of your day and talk to God in prayer. And just let his word fill your heart, fill your spirit. I mean, wouldn't it be so awesome if we had people here like Abraham, like David, who would stand up and say, man, I wanna be in the Lord's presence every morning. I'm going to rush to be with him, to spend time with him. Now think about that. What would happen in your life? You know, maybe you've not been quite as regular in this as you want to be. Others of you, again, you've been very consistent and you have a great devotional life. Man, just keep doing what you're doing. Others of you, this is the very first time anybody's ever suggested, begin a quiet time. Talk to God, pray to God. Imagine what your life would be like if you did this. I did a little bit of math and I, I gave us all a little bit of room for margin. Uh, maybe we give God 15 minutes, five days a week, not seven, just five, five days a week uh, for 50 weeks, not 52. You add all that up, and that means over the next year, you're going to spend 3,750 morning minutes with God. Think that could change your life? I think so. Think that might help you make some better decisions? Help you be a better husband, a better wife? Maybe be a little more effective on your job, or maybe make your stress level go down and your your attitude go up? Now, what I just talked about, giving God the first part of your day, I, I really think that that's the most important decision you can make to get spiritually, just to spend time in the presence of God. In fact, if you would make this one, you know, the, other, the others that I'm gonna talk about are gonna become a lot easier and a lot more natural. Let me explain. Number two, so first of all, you give God the first part of your day. Number two, I'm gonna give God the first part of my week. This is something we don't talk about very often anymore, but I want us to talk about, I'm talking about just being consistent in, in church attendance. You know, I, I think the very best way to begin your day is to begin it with God. But I also think the very best way to begin your week is to do what we're doing here today, to begin it with others, in the family of God, worshiping, seeking God corporately, you know, listening to God's word be, be taught, encouraging and, and loving one another. There, there are absolute amazing benefits from, from gathering together regularly. In fact, Psalm 92 says this, those who have planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in their old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Medical studies 
agree with the Bible at this point. Listen to this, Johns Hopkins University, and you see all these reports coming out um, you know, about prayer and about uh, church attendance. Listen to this, Johns Hopkins 30 year research project reported that regular church attenders live longer than those who don't attend church regularly. Individuals who don't attend church are four times more likely to commit suicide than those who attend regularly. Here's another statistic, kind of interesting, this is science. Sexual satisfaction is higher among married religious couples than those who are not. Now, I'm not saying that should be your motivation for coming you know, to coastal. I'm just reporting the facts, okay? This is science. We should not argue with science. Um, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, listen to this. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Uh, one translation says, let us spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And let us not neglect our meeting together. You know, don't neglect meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now for the day of his return is drawing near. You know, listen, obviously a lot of people come to church for the wrong reasons. I get that. Um, you know, a lot of people come to church primarily focused on what they can get out of it. And that's, that's frustrating. You know, it's frustrating for me when I hear people say, oh, you know, I didn't get anything out of that today. I didn't get anything out of that service today. Well, who said you were supposed to? Like, I, I didn't realize you were the focus, okay? I didn't realize we were singing to you and about you. I, I didn't. Um, you don't see that in Scripture. The purpose for our coming together, according to the Bible, according to that passage, is that we are actually to encourage one another, that that's your job when you come. That you're to encourage other people toward love and, and good deeds, uh, singing together, listening to God's word. Those are great experiences of worship. But an even greater experience of worship is serving. That's what he's talking about. Acts of love, good works. It's said that we should be focusing not on what we get, what we receive, but how we're helping other people. How we're talking to other people. How we're encouraging other people. How we're relating to other people. And yes, how we are serving. You know, I think if you are really committed to become spiritually fit this year, the ultimate spiritual workout for you would, would be to come and then in some way to serve. In fact, listen, start serving. You know, we make no apologies here at Coastal Community Church for challenging you to find, in fact, I really believe that if, if you call Coastal your home, that you ought to be able to answer this question. Where am I volunteering? Where am I serving? You know, what's my ministry? How am I encouraging others to love and good deeds? You know, you could get started today. On the back of your Connect card, there's a little box that says, I would like to volunteer to serve. Have someone contact me. Man, you check that box today, somebody will call you this week. There's all kinds of opportunities, you know, to serve here. If you are a believer, you ought to find a place. It's not just about coming and sitting and listening and soaking it all in. No, it's about coming to encourage one another. Yes, our focus is God. Yes, we're to worship him, but we're also to encourage one another and serve one another. 
You know, you could serve, you could begin serving in children's ministry. There's a great opportunity there. Weekend and week out, we need teachers and assistants. Um, you could, they're, they're already starting to talk about vacation Bible school. You could serve in our first impressions ministry. That group of people that, that welcomes you and makes you feel at home here at Coastal. Our cafe, communion. I mean, there's so many places where you could feel like when you come, you are here to, to love one another. So, to get spiritually fit this year, I'm gonna give God the first part of my day. I'm gonna give God the first part of my week. And number three, I'm gonna give God the first part of my relationships. What I'm talking about here is understanding that, that you're a missionary, okay? I'm talking about sharing your faith and your story with other people. It, it means understanding that I'm gonna be prepared to do whatever it takes to see people come to know Christ. Our evangelism strategy here at Coastal is very, very simple. Two words you need to remember. Invest and invite. Build a relationship with somebody who doesn't know Jesus. You know, build a redemptive relationship. Just be a friend. Be a friend. And then over time, because you've been praying for that person, you're gonna share your story, share your faith, and invite them to come to Coastal. Because when they come to Coastal, we're gonna make a commitment to you that we're gonna do whatever it takes so that people will know, uh, know and see the love uh, and the grace and the truth of Jesus. And then just, again, do what Andrew did. This is something everybody here in this room can do. John 1.42, it says, then Andrew brought Simon to meet who? Jesus. Jesus, he just reached out to somebody. He invited someone. Every one of us can do that here. You can invite somebody to Coastal. Again, our commitment to you is this. We're gonna do everything in our power to make Coastal a place where when you invite your friends to come, they're going to hear and experience the love of Jesus here. Now, you gotta be prayerful about that. You gotta be wise about that. You gotta look for those opportunities. That's what it says in Colossians 4, 5. It says, live what? Wisely among those who are not yet Christians. Make the most of every opportunity. All of life is about having an opportunity to be a positive witness for Jesus. So be smart how you live. And then pray. Romans 1.9 says, listen to this, so awesome. Paul says, God knows how often I prayed for you. Day and night I bring you and your needs in prayer to God, whom I serve with all my heart by telling others about the good news about his son. If you are praying, if you are praying consistently, two things I guarantee you will happen. One, God will make opportunities for you that wouldn't have been there otherwise. And two, you're gonna be more alert to those opportunities when God brings them to your attention. So I wanna challenge you this year to do something very specific, a next step. Pray. You know, during those, those first 15 minutes that you're gonna give to God every day, why not spend a little bit of time praying that God would open your eyes and your heart to see people the way he does and bring people into your life that you can invite to Coastal, give you an opportunity to share your story, to share your faith. So if you're gonna go spiritually this year, if you're gonna get spiritually fit, you're gonna give God the very first part of your day, you're gonna give God the first part of your week, you're gonna give God the first of your relationships, and number four, you're going to give God the first part of your finances the first part of your finances. This is the principle of tithing. Uh, God says that the, at least the very first 10% of all that I make goes back to him to honor him. 
as first in my life, as number one in my life. Malachi 3.10 says this. God says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Tithe means 10%. In fact, some translations say, bring a full tenth of what you earn into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you'll not have enough room for it. Test me, God says. This is the, uh, the double dog dare challenge verse of the Bible. This is the only place in the Bible where God says, I dare you, test me. You know, this, this is how you can prove, he says, this is how you prove I exist, by tithing. Put me first in your money. Give me the first 10% back and see if I don't bless your life. The truth is, guys, God owns everything, right? I mean, we don't own, we don't own anything. We just get to use, we get to borrow whatever it is he gives us for 60, 80, 90 years, and then you give it all back, right? You didn't take anything into this world, you're not gonna take anything out. We only get to use God's resources while we're here, and then somebody else gets them. Everything you have comes from God. Now, God doesn't obviously need my money. He doesn't need your money. So why does he say to do it? He wants what it represents. He wants your heart. And the Bible says, where your treasure is, there is your heart. That's what Jesus said. God says, you spend most of your time, most of your life revolved around money, thinking about it, spending it, saving it, earning it, using it, fretting over it, worrying about it. He says, so I wanna be number one in this most primary area of your life so at least 10% of it comes right back to me. Now, let me give you some reasons for doing this, some reasons for tithing. First of all, is just pure gratitude. Every time I give 10% back to God, I am saying, God, I realize, man, I wouldn't have anything if it weren't for you. You gave me everything. You gave me my mind. You gave me my health. You gave me my body. You gave me you know, the, the breath that I'm breathing. So here's 10% back to you out of gratitude because I know that it all came from you in the first place. Secondly, it actually proves that God is number one in your life. Now you can say it, but if you're not tithing, man, you're just kidding yourself. You don't trust him. You don't believe that he'll do what he says. It's saying, God, I wanna give you the first part of my day in a quiet time. I'm going to give you the first part of my week in, in Sunday in corporate worship, and I'm gonna give you the first part of my income. It's a statement of faith. You're saying, God, I trust you to take me to heaven. And I'll trust you with my finances. Somehow, I believe that God, I could live on 90% better than if I had the whole 100%. You know, when Jan and I first got married 28 years ago, one commitment that we made together as a couple is that we were going to always tithe, at least be tithers. And uh, for over 28 years, we have, we have been faithful to that. Now, I'll be honest with you. You know, sure, there have been times in my life where in the back of my mind, I thought, man, I sure could use that money about now. Um, you know, there's, there were times when we didn't have much at all. And that, that's almost a joke. Um, you know, we had crisis come up in our lives, just like everybody. We'd have a car repair. We'd have a car blow up. We'd have a major bill. And I think, man, you know, if I could just have back that 10, 12, 15%, but I didn't want to rob God. Because he said, that's mine. 
And I stand before you today, 28 years later, and all I can say is that God is faithful. And he has blessed our lives. And some of you say, well, yeah, but I'm in debt. And, you know, you're telling me to put God first. That's exactly what I'm telling you. But the reason is because you want God's blessing on this area of your life. Some of you, you will say, well, yeah, but I'm broke and I, I can't afford to do that. Well, very respectfully, let me submit to you that you can't afford not to. You need God's blessing on your life. I mean, the best time to start tithing is when your life is in a financial mess because you've only got two options. You're either gonna try to do it on your own, on your way, or you're gonna do it God's way. Now, which one do you think God is going to bless? Which one do you think he's going to honor? It comes down to a matter of do you trust him? Here's the principle. In fact, this is the overriding principle for all of these commitments this morning. Listen to this. Whatever you want God to bless in your life, you better make sure you put him first in that area. Listen, you want God to bless your day? Well, put him first. It's so simple. You want God to bless your week? Man, you put him first. You want God to bless your relationships? You want God to bless your marriage? You want God to bless your children? Put him first. Put him right at the center of all of it. You want God to bless your business and your finances? You take care of God's business. You put him first. I mean, there there are more promises related to this area of your life than any other subject in the Bible. Why? Because God wants you to be like him. Look at Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. I'll end with this one. It says, honor the Lord by giving him the leftovers of all you have. It doesn't say that, does it? Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part. In fact, some translations say with the first fruits of everything your land produces. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with the finest of wines. That means right off the top, right off the beginning. I know what you're saying. Like, yeah, but Chris, the government gets its, gets its first way before I even see it. No, but it's, it's, it's the idea of your heart. You, you, you make sure you put God first. He'll take care of the rest. Let me, let, me make, let me issue this challenge. I'll call it the tithing challenge. Three months. Try and tithe. Try and tithe. 10% of your gross income. You say, well, you know, gross or net? Well, what do you want? I mean, you want a gross blessing or a net blessing, okay? It, it's, it's the whole thing, okay? 10% goes back to the storehouse, the local church, you try and do that for three months. If God does not bless your life, somehow, someway, or provide for you and your family, we'll give it all back to you. Three months. Put God to the test. Three months, and if, if, if you see no difference, if God does not provide, if God does not bless, somehow you, your life, your family, your finances, we'll give it all back to you. Try and tithe. You know, the, the last of these, these commitments, all three of them, really, you know, making, giving God the best of your week, the best of your relationships, and the best of your money, it really flows out of that first one. 
You know, if, if you want this to be a natural, you know, in other words, if you don't do the first one, give God the very first part of your day and honor him and come into his presence, then the rest of this is just going to be a list of things you're forcing yourself to do. And that's just legalism. That's not what I'm talking about. But it becomes a natural, joyful expression of gratitude if you put God the very first in, in your life and in your day and come into his presence. So this next year, if you're gonna get spiritually fit, I challenge you to make these commitments. I challenge you to take some next steps in these areas. And I promise you that if you do, you'll be closer to God than ever before. You'll be stronger in your relationship with him and he'll bless your life in ways that you can't imagine. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.